Welcome to the Nations Church Podcast. We hope this message blesses you. Happy Father's Day to all the dads. Can we give all the dads another big hand? We love you guys, honour you today. Hello to everyone watching online. Fun fact, it is Australia Day, it's, sorry, Father's Day only in Australia, Fiji, Papua New Guinea, and New Zealand. We're the only four countries that have Father's Day today. And the rest of the world that's joining us online, you just have to deal with the Father's Day things that we got going on today. Uh, you know, you guys are our VIPs and uh, we acknowledge like we, we have already today that days like today might be a little tricky for you, but good on you for being in the house of God. Good on you for being in church today. I also today want to honour my dad who's here in the front row. Can you give my dad a big hand? My dad was 42 years old when he made a decision that he was going to uproot his whole life, take the whole family and migrate to Australia. And uh, I hadn't, you know, realised how much he had given up to start the migrant life. And as it is for all the migrant stories that are in the room and online, you understand what it's like to sacrifice so much. And I'm so grateful for you, Dad, that you did that and to ensure that my brother and I have a great future that I've had in Australian education. And uh, it's only now that I'm a dad myself that uh, I really just uh, honour and appreciate all that you've done for our family and for most of all giving us uh, this beautiful thing called the gospel so we're so thankful for you dad one more time please give my dad a big hand <clears throat> so good thank you ian also a big hand to all the dads that are serving today ian's one of them as well but all the dads that are serving on ushering teams and all of that when i think about father's day i think about my own dad I also you know really think about what it's like to be a dad I am a, a dad today because I have two boys. I have a 19-year-old and a soon-to-be 17-year-old. I've got them up on the screen. Um, so if you can have them up on the screen. So I'm, oh, it's behind me. Uh, that's that's uh, Jensen and Isaiah. I've got a 19-year-old who's doing law and commerce. You don't get to see them because they come to the 5 p.m. service. And Isaiah, who's 17 tomorrow, he was uh, born with a rare genetic syndrome called Mowat-Wilson syndrome, even though it's hard on the picture to see who has the additional needs. Uh, <laughs> It's the one on the left. <laughs> Jensen loves his uh, little duck face thing that he does. Uh, but I love these boys. The greatest thing in the world I get to be next to being a husband is a dad. I just love everything about being a dad. Sometimes it drives me insane, but it is the greatest thing. You know, dads are very special people. Yeah. You guys don't agree? Come on. Dads are very special people. Um, and you need to know that if you're a dad here, that you are a vital part, not just of your families, but also in society today. And, um, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there in popular culture that devalues and demeans fatherhood. There's depictions of fathers as incompetent and bumbling fools. All of that was normalized and popularized even way back when, when I was a kid. You know, I, it started when I was in high school, actually, with this dude here on the screen. It, he, he normalized what Father's Day was like put it up on the screen. No, not me, but this dude. Oh, behind me. Homer Simpson. Who remembers Homer Simpson? Uh, that's the longest running sitcom in history, 34 seasons and still counting. So that's now three generations of people normalizing a bumbling, incompetent dad. Um, when I was a kid, this guy was really popular as well up here on the screen. Who remembers this impressive guy? Who remembers him? Yeah, yeah. All of you that are 40 pluses remember this guy. This is Al Bundy from Married with Children. 
right? That's 11 seasons of this dude. He was like a woman's shoe salesman from Chicago. And, and people just laughed at the way that he fathered. And mostly people laughed at the disrespect and the disdain his own family had for him. And that was what was normalized to my generation. And I began to think lately about fathers and fathering and the way popular culture has told us what normal uh, what is normal in dads. And I'm not here today to kind of trumpet some religious standard or some holier-than-thou standard of fathering. I'm a dad. I struggle in different areas of fathering, just like many of you that are dads here today. But this is what I know, that every father has a heavenly father. In fact, every single person here has a heavenly father. And as a, as a Christian, I'm so glad that I don't have to take my cues uh, from how to be a father from Homer Simpson or Al Bundy. Come on. I've got a good heavenly father. Father. We all have a heavenly Father, God Himself, the Creator of the universe, and He wants to be in relationship with every single person here today. And so here at Nations Church, you need to understand that today we honor all of the dads in the room, as well as those watching online. Today is about acknowledging you and honoring you, but we're also here today to glorify the fact that we have a heavenly Father. You know, the Bible from start to finish is, is the divinely inspired written word of God to us from our Heavenly Father. So God Himself, through the Holy Spirit, divinely inspired different authors to reveal to us who God is. And I've been reading the Bible seriously for more than 35 years now, and I'm still discovering things about God that are new and deeper and richer than I've ever experienced. And this is what I love about the Bible or the Word of God is that God reveals His heart to us as our Heavenly Father through the written word. The Bible also speaks about Jesus. Who is Jesus? Well, Jesus is God himself who came in human form. And that's why we call him the son of God. And while he was here on the earth, as scriptures describe, he interacted with the heavenly father while he was here to model how we ought to relate to and interact with our heavenly father. So what has any of this got to do with Father's Day? Well, for me, it's got everything to do with Father's Day. Because what's so integral about Father's Day from a Christian perspective is that the Bible tells us about the nature of our Heavenly Father. You know, when I think about fathering, even in my own life, I think about being a dad. <clears throat> it's so important for me to have some kind of framework for how to be a dad. Because if you, if you take God or the Heavenly Father out of fathering, then you can, you can reduce fathering to whatever Homer Simpson, Al Bundy caricature you want. There are no longer any more frameworks, but you got to understand that the Heavenly Father gives us the framework for what it is to be a dad. You know, the Bible tells us that we all live in a fallen world. The Bible calls that sin and the and in spite of our sin, in spite of falling short, in spite of us being imperfect, the Heavenly Father reveals just how much He loves us in spite of our shortcomings. And friend, that is life-changing for me, particularly around fathering. There's, there are very few things that make you feel pantsed as a man than fathering because that is a hard job. Come on. Come on, dads. I got your back this morning. Come on. And it's a tough thing to be a dad. But thank God that we've got a heavenly father who loves us in spite of how we fall short. In the Bible, Jesus reveals the heavenly father to us. And he speaks to us out of stories called parables. And when Jesus taught using parables, it's like word pictures or depictions. And in Luke chapter 15, Jesus tells quite an elaborate parable, all 22 verses in all, verses 11 to 32, about a father who had two sons. And I, and I, and I can relate to this, right? The, and, and here in this account, the way Jesus tells it, 
He says that this youngest of the two sons one day comes up to the father and it's something in Jesus' day that was particularly shocking in the way that the youngest son addressed the father. He says this to his dad, Dad, I want an early inheritance. I want all that I'm entitled to when you die. I want it now. Now, you've got to understand in first century Palestine, this was particularly shocking. It's almost as dishonoring as, as a son saying, Dad, I wish you were dead now so I can just take the money. And so this was the conversation that was playing out as Jesus began to tell it. But instead of getting mad or offended at his son, the father actually gave his younger son what he asked for. That was a shocking thing too. The young son took the inheritance, but then he blew it all on wild living. The Bible calls it prodigal living. He blew it on all sorts of, of, of stuff, just living it his own way. And it was in that place that that young man realized that living his life his own way wasn't all it was cracked up to be. It was in that time that a famine came through the land and he found that he ran out of money and started to long to eat out of pig's troughs. And it was in that low point in his life that he came to his senses that he thought, he thought, well, this life of trying to do it on my own, it's not really working for me, this life of rebellion, this life of doing it in, in my own way. So he thought to himself, if I just go back to dad and offer to work in his house as one of his servants, maybe he'll take me back. Maybe I can earn my way back into the father's house. So we pick up this account of Luke 15, verse 20. It says this, so he got up and went to his father as Jesus is telling this parable. Jesus goes on to say, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. Understand the context. The son did a very shocking thing. And then it says that he, being the father, ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. A fair statement. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger, sandals on his feet. Bring the fat cow and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. The way Jesus tells this, we need to read this through the lens of its, this being particularly scandalous. The entitled and rebellious son that dishonors the father and asks him for an early inheritance. Bang, that's scandalous. That's a shock. Then the father obliges and gives the son what he asked for. That again is scandalous. And then the son begins the journey home. And instead of making it hard for this son who is so dishonored, he, you know, the father to come home, as soon as the father sees him from a long way off, he runs to him, throws his arms around him, kisses him. That is scandalous. The son then asked the father if he could earn his way back to living in his house as a servant, which his father should have rightfully made him do. In fact, the, the father ignores that request and puts a robe on his shoulders to signify, I'm covering you again. Puts a ring on his finger to say, we're in relationship again. Puts shoes or sandals on his feet to say, I'm covering your dirty feet. I'm giving you dignity again. All of this was scandalous because the Bible wanted to reveal to us the scandalous way in which the heavenly father loves us. Thank God we've got a heavenly father. And so this Father's Day, I know we're here to honor all of the earthly dads, all the dads in the room, but every dad, every mom, every son, every daughter, every person in the room and online, you need to understand this Father's Day that you have a heavenly father. And the father in Luke chapter 15 symbolizes our heavenly father. And that rebellious son that wanted the early inheritance, that's you and that's me. And so today I want to speak to you about some very 
powerful vital attributes of this heavenly father and the first vital attribute as described here in Luke 15 of this heavenly father is that is firstly this is that he's relational He's relational. Nothing broke the heart of the father in the parable than to have a broken relationship with his son. He couldn't have cared less about the inheritance. He didn't want the money paid back. He didn't care about the petulant behavior. He just cared that the relationship between him and the son was broken. Now that I'm a dad, I tell you what, there is nothing in the world that could make me you want to lose relationship with my boys. And I tell you what, if there's any tension between us, if I felt there was something that had come between us and, and you know, my, my, my sons and I, I would stop at nothing to rectify that, that whole thing and be reconciled to them. And I'm far from a perfect dad. But the Heavenly Father, you need to know, He will stop at nothing to have a relationship with you. You know what stood in the way of my relationship with my heavenly father was my sin, my disobedience, my rebellion, my independence. And no matter what I did in my own strength to do better, it was never going to be good enough. But thank God I have a a heavenly father who pursued and wanted relationship with me because at the very heart of who my heavenly father is, is that he's relational. Somebody say amen. So many of us struggle on Father's Day because to even translate our understanding of a heavenly father because we think of God, our heavenly father, as this distant deity who's always angry, who's always judgmental, who's always nitpicking and looking out for all the wrong things and wants to, is just waiting to punish us for the little slip up that we did. And that couldn't be more horrible, a lie and a deception for anyone to live with today. I'm here to tell you the heavenly father's only mandate, his only desire, the only thing that drives him is to be in relationship with you and there is nothing that is going to stop him this Father's Day from having a relationship with you. Somebody say amen. What makes a father is not the fact that we can biologically bear children, but what makes a father is relationship. And maybe you're here today and you don't have a great relationship with your dad. Or maybe you're here today and maybe you feel like you don't have a great relationship with your kids. There's no condemnation here. I'm simply here to tell you that fathering is relational at its core. And this Father's Day, you have a heavenly father who wants to be in relationship with you. Can I get a resounding amen today? The second attribute of the heavenly father is that he's sacrificial. Is that he's sacrificial. You know, I already alluded to it earlier of, what the, fa- the father in Luke chapter 15 did, sacrificed, threw on a party, you know, killed a fatted calf, spared no expense. As dads, come on, we know a thing or two about sacrifice. Come on, hello. <laughs> There's not a dad in the room that hasn't had to give up something or many things because of the kids. You know, all those dreams of wanting to be like a rock star or like a fireman or a police detective. Some of you actually got to live those dreams. A lot of us like, had to lay down our dreams. To all the dads here, you need to know that God sees you. He sees the dreams you've had to bury because you've raised kids. Those wild business ideas or those dreams you had of playing pro sport, Shannon. Those places you've always wanted to travel to. All those things you wanted to do, but you had to lay all those things down because you started a family. God sees that. He understands that fathering sacrificial. And that's exactly what he did. John 3.16 says this, For God, our Heavenly Father, so loved the world that He gave or sacrificed His one and only Son, that whoever, that's you and me, believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. This Father's Day, if you're weary from the sacrifices of being a dad, you need to understand that you also have a Heavenly Father that knows what it's like 
to sacrifice any sacrifice for you. Amen? The third attribute of a heavenly father is that he's unconditionally loving. He's unconditionally loving. Think about it for a moment. The son so dishonored the father here in Luke chapter 15 in this parable that Jesus told that the son thought that the only way he could come back into relationship with his father was to come back as a servant, conditional love. You have to earn your way back because you misbehave. But the way Jesus told this account was that the heavenly father's primary attribute or attitude toward the son was that he was unconditionally loving. Now, I want to talk to the men in the room. The word love is really hard to hear for us sometimes because we just don't like to talk about that stuff, that four-letter word love. You know what I mean? Like, we, we, we think of love, when we think of love, we, we, we think about, I don't know, like a great steak, right? Like, when we think of love, it's like someone mowing our lawn for us so we don't have to do it. Yes, praise Jesus, right? But the Bible actually speaks about something much deeper. It speaks about an unconditional love where you don't have to earn your worth with your heavenly father. You're not loved because of what you do. You're loved because of who you are. The Bible says in Psalm 139 verse 13, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. You need to understand that God loved you when you were knitted in your mother's womb before you performed, achieved, got letters after your name, before you earned your six-figure salary, before you bought that nice house or that nice car, before you were anyone in anyone's eyes. You were loved unconditionally. And when you are at your most difficult to love, your heavenly Father loves you. Come on, in a resounding amen. And if you're here today, maybe you weren't well loved by your own dad. If that was your experience, I want you to know that you have hope this Father's Day, that you have a heavenly Father who loves you. Come on. Come on, somebody shout amen. Jesus was reminding a fatherless humanity through this account in Luke 15 that we have a heavenly Father that is unlike any earthly father. It was so scandalous what this Father was doing that He would completely love unconditionally. The Son who was wavered, who took all of the father's life savings, blew it on wild living. As soon as the father saw him from a way off, who stood at the door, not waiting for his inheritance to be paid back, but waiting for relationship to come back, comes and throws the robe and puts a ring on the finger of the son to say, hey, regardless of what you've done, you need to know that you've never lost my heart. If you're here in the room, this Father's Day and watching online, if you feel that because of the way that you've lived, you've lost the Father's love, you couldn't be more wrong. You've never lost His love. He's always loved you. He loved you when you were at your most unlovable. Come on. And He loves you on your best days, and He loves you on your worst days. I come from a long line of Buddhists. And in Buddhism, it's karma. You get what you deserve. But thank God we have a Heavenly Father who did not give us what we deserved. Who did not. Give us what we deserve. This unconditional love, we call it in Christianity, we call it grace. Grace is what you didn't have to earn. His grace is his consistent orientation and attitude of love and favor toward you and I, regardless of what we've done. This is what you need to understand about the attribute of the Father. You could be inconsistent, but he's never inconsistent. We could waver. One day we love God, one day we don't. One day we're on the high, one day we're on the low. We can be inconsistent, but we don't have a father that is inconsistent. Fourth, and I'm going to bring this to a landing in just a moment, the fourth attribute of the heavenly father 
is that he's absolutely reassuring. He's absolutely reassuring. Have you ever gone through seasons in your life where you thought, oh man, I've messed it up so much that I don't know if God can love me again? How many have ever been in that place? Yeah, three or four people. I'm sure there's more. Have you ever been in a season in your life where you thought, oh man, like, you know, I'm not doing so well. I don't know, I don't know if, if, if God could see me as a son or a daughter. Well, you need to understand that the Heavenly Father wants to reassure you today. The Bible in Romans chapter 8, verse 38, there's a man in the Bible called Paul. Paul wrote most of the New Testament in the Bible. Paul, he was a different cat. Before he became a Christian, he used to kill Christians. He used to sanction the stoning and the murder of Christians. He used to persecute the church. And if there's anyone that in different seasons of his Christian journey might have thought to himself, oh man, I've done too many bad things for God to love me, it probably would have been Paul. But Paul understood his heavenly father. He had a deep revelation. And so he writes this in Romans 8 verse 38. And he says this, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, come on guys, listen to this, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Can I paraphrase this for you? I want to speak to the dads particularly. I want to paraphrase this in like modern day language. There is neither failure nor addiction, depression nor divorce, wayward kids nor a failed business, neither bankruptcy, come on, nor the medication we're on, neither dysfunction nor brokenness. Nothing can separate us from our Heavenly Father. Neither a father that never loved us or a mom and dad that never accepted us can separate us from the love of God. I don't know what kind of familial background you come from today, but this Father's Day, happy Father's Day to you because you've got a heavenly Father. And may Father's Day not just be some empty day where we buy our earthly fathers a socks and jocks and write him a nice card with like two paragraphs on it because we don't know what else to say to our dad. May it be a day where we come back to the fact that we've got a heavenly Father who is deeply relational who is highly sacrificial, who is unconditionally loving and absolutely reassuring of you that nothing can separate you from His love. Thanks for listening to the Nations Church podcast. For more info, please visit nationschurch.com.